Coming at you live from the 93.7 The Ticket studio in the heart of Lincoln, America, and online at theticketfm.com, this is the Junior Achievement Hour. Yes, it is. Welcome into the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket, all a part of Ticket Weeknights. You're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter as part of the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream. We appreciate them for all their support with uh, the video streams and with the text line. I'm sitting down here with Mr. Larry Elias of Larry Elias Consulting for the next hour. And Larry and I cross paths a little indirectly, uh, but this isn't the first time Larry and I have talked to each other. Uh, I'm a member of Messiah Lutheran Church. Larry's a member of Messiah Lutheran Church. Um, cross paths via phone. So, Larry, officially, nice to meet you in person. Nice to meet you, Austin, as well. Thanks for thanks for coming in and doing this. And we were talking a little bit off-air Plenty of stories to tell. Should be a great hour. Looking forward to it. Um, I want to get this out of the way first, though, the little business part. Lincoln.ja.org. That's the website you need to keep in mind. We're getting really close to school starting. Sorry, teachers. Hate to bring that up. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. But it's a thing. If you are interested, if you're moved by what Larry says, um, any of the other stories we've had on Thursday nights, uh, to volunteer with Junior Achievement, whether it's on a, a business level or a personal level teaching classes, lincoln.ja.org is the way that uh, you can you can get signed up. And we'll get into into your story, Larry, with how you got into JA. But first, who are you? What, what, are, you, what are you up to? How did you get to, to Lincoln and your job at Larry Elias Consulting? Well, Larry Elias Consulting, yeah, that's my job. That's, I'm mostly retired, actually, but I spent a, a, a lifetime in the supermarket industry. I grew up in a small town um, in western Iowa, and my uh, dad had a grocery store, and I grew up in that. and went to college and in business school and graduated and stayed in the supermarket business. Came to Lincoln in 1993. Our family has been here 30 years and um, worked for a couple of different grocery operators in this area. And uh, about seven years ago, decided that I wanted to go out on my own. And so I do consulting primarily with independent retailers. I have a heart for independent business people. And so, uh, and, and I, like I say, I'm mostly retired now, but I, I do some uh, consulting, but mostly working with nonprofits and in charities and spending time with grandkids now. So that's kind of the way it is. Being a grandparent, I've heard, is a full-time job in and of itself. Well, it is. We have five or six grandchildren, five boys and one girl, and all all of them are here in Lincoln. So that's a real blessing for us. And uh, this summer, uh, we had there were some nights this summer we had four baseball games. We had <laughs> uh, f- uh, three grandsons playing in or four grandsons playing at the same time, and so we ran around a lot watching baseball this summer, and that's that's a great thing. That's awesome. My wife and I have one on the way. I know my parents are looking forward to getting back to that because my youngest brother just wrapped up at the state tournament. So 20 plus years of chasing kids around is done. Three years of break. Then they're right back at it. Four years of break. Yeah, it's great. That is. So before we get into a little bit more of the junior achievement stuff, I want to set kind of the background for you. You mentioned consulting. I have a general idea of what that is, but what all goes into being a consultant for, first of all, the, the independent retail side of things? Well, I just used my experience in the retail business and also in leadership to work with people who want to improve their businesses. And, um, you know, leadership is a, is a topic that's uh, important to me. Um, 
And so I kind of combine my my knowledge of and my passion for leadership with my knowledge of the supermarket industry to help, uh, like I said, mostly independent supermarket operators, but other businesses as well. Mm -hmm. And um, in a variety of ways, whether it's in the operation of their business or in marketing, whatever that might be. And uh, I enjoy doing that because we, we live in a world where there are some really big corporate retail presences, you know, with companies like Walmart and Amazon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, 70% of the retail supermarkets in the United States were independently owned, and now it's about 20%. And so there are, there are still some very, very good, successful, independent grocers, but there aren't, aren't as many as there used to be. And I want to work to help those that want to be successful to be successful. That 20%, is that mostly in small towns like where you came from, or are they still having like a little bit of an urban niche? Oh, there are, there are of course, a lot in the smaller towns where the larger corporations don't want to go. But, they, they, of course, the large corporations touch all areas now, especially with Internet online purchasing. Sure. But there are many very good, competent, uh, independent retailers in large uh, communities as well. Uh, we have them right here in, in Lincoln. Uh, we, we, you see them all over the country. Um, there are, you know, there are good ones in, in big urban areas, but not as many as there used to be. I gotcha. So then when you look at consulting for these different places, what's the one area that you consult the most on, I guess? Well, I would say probably operations. Um, really? you know, okay. I have, um, experience, you know, wall to wall in the, in the retail supermarket industry. I, I was, a um, in leadership at a company here in town, and I was involved with marketing, but I spent a lot of time in operations, basically helping owners understand their customers, mm-hmm. uh, understand how to you know maintain good quality store conditions, uh, how to stay modern in their assortments, um, marketing, those types of things. So really just about everything. Makes sense. You mentioned leadership as a background too, and this will all tie into your time in the classroom with Junior Achievement, how you got involved. But your dad running that grocery store, did you kind of pick up that, that penchant for leadership being on the forefront? Was that kind of a family trait, I guess? Well, certainly, you know, most of what I learned about leadership, I learned from my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a leader, not only in the in the fact that he operated probably the most popular business I was I grew up in a town of 300 people and <laughs> and so the supermarket in a, in a town like that which most towns that size don't have grocery stores anymore but uh, in that town it was probably the business that most people would gather at and uh, and he was a leader but not only in the store he was a leader in the community uh, the community improvement organization that was there he was a leader in the in the church there and so I learned a lot um, about leadership from my dad. Which is awesome. We love dads. Shout out dads. Um, and I can see that from what little I know of you and from you, serving in leadership at church as well. But also, I think that leadership aspect ties into what you're telling me off air about how you got started with junior achievement. Right. Well, you know, when I grew up, I didn't have junior achievement in my school. Uh, I didn't, like a lot of the students in Lincoln do, we serve, uh, you know, 20,000 students, I think, last year. And, um, but in the school I grew up in, it was not a JA school. And my first exposure to junior achievement, I think was probably looking at a billboard along the street in Omaha, you know, and the the campaign that junior achievement used to use was love your job, share it with a kid. 
And so mm-hmm. all I knew about JA was that it had something to do with teaching students probably about jobs or business. And um, so fast forward to about 10 years ago, 2013, I was working in leadership for a company here in town. And uh, someone from Junior Achievement at that time approached our owner. And I think they wanted him to serve on the board. And he was probably already on a lot of boards and very busy. And he said, now let's let's maybe see if that's something we can have Larry do. So the next thing I know, I have a couple of board members and the director of JA in my office meeting with me, talking to me about JA. And they asked me to join the board of directors for Junior Achievement, which I did. And, um, and then, of course, part of that uh, expectation, if you're on the board with JA, you're also a classroom volunteer. Oh, okay. And so I got to volunteer for a classroom. And um, they, uh, they, you know, so I said, well, what, what class will I teach? And they said, well, we'll let you choose. And I said, well, you just put me where you need me. So they picked high school for me. Wow. And um, Jumping right in. Well, and I didn't know. I, you know, you'll, you'll hear most uh, JA volunteers say that they like, you know, elementary school because the kids are just, you know, you go into a second grade classroom and the kids are all super enthusiastic. My first class was um, at Lincoln Northeast and it was 10 years ago this fall. I hadn't been in a high school in a few years. All three of our kids had been through school and graduated. And so this was my first time back in a high school in a, in a few years. And um, I was teaching a uh, I think it was economics or uh, biz- some kind of a business class. Most of the kids were juniors and seniors, and it was a Friday afternoon class. And what I didn't realize until the end of class, my first class, it was a 2.30 class. You know, and I work till 5, 6 o'clock every day. So 2.30 is early afternoon for me, right? Uh-huh. But what happens at the end of 2.30 class? It's 3.30. And that's school's that bell out. rings. Yeah, and it's Friday. And so what I realized at the end of my first class was I was the only thing between those kids in the weekend. <laughs> and so oh when, that, when that bell rang, they were, I mean, it was mass humanity leaving the school and everybody was, you know, in a hurry to get out. So uh, that was kind of an experience for me. But, you know, it was a little intimidating, I guess, at first going into high school class after, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional teacher. Uh, I have a great appreciation for what teachers do obviously uh but it was a great class i really enjoyed it and i've been teaching high school every year since i teach some elementary as well uh second grade third grade fourth grade and right now i'm kind of in a rotation of doing uh one high school class each semester and and a fourth grade class each semester so i enjoy that i enjoy doing all ages of kids and uh it's it's just a great thing that was going to be my next question i know you can't pick favorite kids right you'll have them all the same do you have a favorite class did you prefer one or the other at all not really i'm i'm you know every class i've taught i i really enjoy it and you get a lot out of it as a volunteer you get to see the uh you know the response the things that that kids learn you know as a as an experienced business person going into a class we tend to forget the things that we know we take them for granted and so when, when somebody is hearing it or learning it maybe for the first time, you know, you can see that look on their face and it gives you a great deal of satisfaction to be able to share that. Um, and one of the neat things about JA is that Junior Achievement's not just looking for volunteers to take a curriculum into the classroom and present it. They really want 
our personality and our stories and our experience because that's what those kids need to hear. They get to ask us questions about our experiences, real world. The teachers love that as well. And so it's not just a bunch of theory. Uh, it's real world stuff. And, and, um, it's, and you know, it's our experience. So we know it inside out and it's easy to do. It's easy to tell. JA also supplies curriculum and they do a super job. I mean, I, I remember one of my first high school classes, they give us different things to hand out in class. And one of the things they gave us, uh, were, um, the, uh, oh, I can't think of what you call them now. The things you put around your neck that hold your ticket. Um, oh yeah. The, you know, and, uh, and I'm thinking lanyard and I'm thinking, why, why are they, why are there lanyards in here? I'm going to hand out lanyards to the, you know, these high school kids. And I'm thinking, are they going to even care? You know? <laughs> And when I handed them out, it was crazy. They loved it. And then I realized why, because they all wear an ID, picture ID uh, around their neck. Uh, and so a lot of the kids, you know, they wanted it and they needed a lanyard or they wanted another one, or they liked the fact that the JA one had the neat JA logo and so forth. But JA understands kids and the curriculum that they design for all of the classes, regardless of elementary, middle school, high school is very pertinent. It's modern, it's up to date. And so, they really provide good stuff for us and then we teach that and add our own experience to it and it's really a win for everybody one last question before we hit our first break of the show you mentioned the curriculum and i think this blends in with your real world experience right ja's putting the curriculum together but you as a you know business leader to have your endorsement on the stuff like not just the theory but adding your why to the curriculum having that come together i can see how kids faces would light up yeah, they they like to hear our stories. And, you know, in, you can imagine in 40 years in the business world, I've experienced a lot of things, you know, a lot of successes, a lot of failures, a lot of learning things. Mm -hmm. And I can use those once again to present to the class to help them learn. And that's one of the reasons I think I like doing high school, because the high school age kids, they're getting ready to go out into the work world. Some of them are already working. And so you know, for the younger kids, you can, you know, pretty much get them excited with just about anything you present. Mm -hmm. The high school kids, it's not always that easy. And yeah, there are some of those kids that maybe aren't quite as enthused or paying attention. But man, when you connect with one, and they start asking you questions about things that you did, or you experienced, it's very rewarding. That's awesome. I'm Austin Norman here on the Junior Achievement Show. I'm not the man of the hour. That's Larry Elias with us for the next 40 minutes or so. Always a part of Ticket, Week, Ticket Weeknights. More of the Junior Achievement Hour coming up next. Now, back to the Junior Achievement Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. back here on the Junior Achievement Hour 93.7 The Ticket as a part of Ticket Weeknights. I'm Austin Norman, joined by Larry Elias of Larry Elias Consulting, or full-time grandpa, depending on the day, I suppose, depending on the time. Um, Larry, I want to jump off with this. You mentioned that growing up, you didn't have Junior Achievement. Like, you had a great real-world experience, you know, with your dad and his business, but in school, you said you didn't grow up in a JA school. As you look at the curriculum you're teaching now, is there anything that you see that you would have loved to have had in your education? Well, any of it would have been great. Um, you know, it's, education's changed a lot since I was in grade school back in the 1960s. But 
you know, what's, what I like about Junior Achievement is the mission that we have, and it comes through in the curriculum. I mean, Junior Achievement has really three main purposes, and one is to teach financial literacy to kids, to students. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is workplace readiness, and then the other one is entrepreneurship. And, you know, that was a mission that I could really connect with because, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in this world today that don't know how to handle their money. They, they're not good with finances. And I'm, I'm talking about adults, too, you know, not just kids. Mm-hmm. It's important that our kids understand, you know, um, how to earn money, how to use it, to understand the difference between a need and a want. And JA teaches that. And I think that when... When we understand how to use our resources, our financial resources wisely, uh, that makes for more success for us individually. It makes for stronger families. And I think if it makes for stronger families, it helps the community and, and the state and the nation. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at the cause of, of stress for individuals and a lot of the cause for marital issues finances is a part of that and so anything that we can do to teach our students more about financial literacy how to handle their money how to handle credit um, you know how to earn it how to save it how to uh, take personal responsibility for their future I think is a good thing and so when I was asked to be part of junior achievement it was easy for me to say yes because I'm actually doing something I think that helps uh you know, the future of our community. So uh, I like that part of it, uh, you know, regarding um, workplace readiness. Maybe that's another one of the reasons I like volunteering at the high school level. You know, those young people are either working or getting close to going out and working. And so Mm -hmm. what can we do to help them be prepared to be successful in their jobs? And when I was, you know, I remember when I was getting out of college in the late 70s, uh, there were more students looking for work than there were jobs available. Mm-hmm. And that's the opposite of how it is today. And it's really interesting because a lot of, you know, young people today, you know, they've got employers knocking themselves out to, you know, to get people <laughs> to come to work for them. And people today are able to make demands as, you know, um, workers that they couldn't make before in terms of I want to work remotely and I'd prefer this and prefer that. When I got out of college, it was like, I hope I get an offer, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to probably have to move somewhere. And, you know, that was just the way it was. And and I, I tell young people today, that'll probably change at some point. Right now, there are so many people my age in, in our nation that demand goods and services that uh, as long as that's the case, there are going to need to be a lot of workers to help fulfill those needs. And unless... In, in we come up with a lot of robots or automated, uh, you know, procedures to take jobs, uh, you know, people are going to have some really good opportunities and that's a wonderful thing, but it's still important for young people to understand what employers are looking for and how to present themselves and how to be successful in their jobs, how to work with other people in a team mm-hmm. environment and, uh, you know, how to be a problem solver and, and communicate in the workplace. So, Workplace readiness is a big part of what we do, and and so um, as a volunteer, that's something that I enjoy helping you know students with, and then and then entrepreneurship, and you know I I don't think a lot of people realize that the majority of businesses in our country today are owned you know by small business operators. You know we think of business and we tend to think of 
you know, Amazon and General Motors and, you know, big corporations, but there are way more small businesses than there are large corporations. And, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, running your own business is a dream that most people can realize if, you know, anyone can realize if they're willing to use their creativity, use their finances wisely and work hard and, and take advantage of opportunities. So we want students to know at an early age that they should pursue their dreams. And, and, you know, they don't have to settle for something else. They can pursue their dreams. And it's interesting to see young people with their creativity live those dreams out and pursue those dreams. As you look at those three pillars for JA, is it like a pyramid where you build financial literacy at the bottom to workplace readiness to entrepreneurship? Do they all three stand vertically and support it? Is, what's that relationship like between the pillars? Well, all three of those things are talked about uh, in, in all the curriculum, in all of the classes. Um, and I would say for elementary students, um, we probably talk the most about financial literacy and entrepreneurship. We probably don't do as much of the workplace readiness for, you know, the kids in elementary school because they're not really close to the workforce. But we do talk about things like, you know, personality and getting along with others and those things. And that's really workplace readiness. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. But but we talk about a lot about entrepreneurship because we want kids at that age to know that, you know, if you have an idea and it's great to hear kids talk about ideas they have. And, you know, it's important for us as adults to encourage that, not to poo poo it. Right. Mm -hmm. But we talk about entrepreneurship for elementary. And of course, we talk about um, financial literacy. So, you know, we're playing games and doing uh, different exercises with the kids where they get money and they get to use that money. And, you know, we have a, uh, I taught fourth grade at Riley last uh, semester and we have a game where they run a hot dog stand and they have to decide how they're going to pay for their cost of goods, their hot dogs, their lemonade and so forth. And if there's a hot dog shortage or they can't get the, the lemons, what are you going to do? What are you going to buy instead? And how are you going to use that money? And how much are you going to spend on marketing? And, and so, you know, we do that and we teach them about personal finances and personal credit and, and all those types of things. So they really stand on their own. And then of course, when you get to high school level, we talk about workplace readiness a little bit more, but again, it depends on the class in, in high school, you know, I teach, you know, international, um, marketing or business. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've taught, uh, work, there's actually a career success class and that's mostly workplace readiness type, you know, things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we talk about all three at really at all ages. I have to ask, do you have any good ideas, any funny ideas from wannabe entrepreneurs that stick out to you? Well, I don't know if I have any that stick out. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll hear kids talk about things, especially at the, maybe in third and fourth grade where there'll certain things that they'll want to do. And it might sound ridiculous, but you know, they'll, then they'll go on to tell you a story about what their parents are doing, you know, that, and some of their entrepreneur ideas come from their own families and their parents. So, you know, in this day and age, really, if, if you have an idea, what is worth pursuing because there's a possibility that somebody out there would buy it, you know, mm -hmm. as we talk about those three pillars, financial literacy makes sense to me, right? You, you got to be good with money. It's a big part of society for, for better or for worse. <laughs> money's important. It's around workplace readiness. You got to have a job of some sort. So that makes perfect sense. Again, entrepreneurship is the one that I think everyone has inside them to some degree. Not everyone can act on not everyone you know follows through with it it also is the riskiest one because it's not for everyone so how is it that you know being financially literate and being ready for the workplace 
built into entrepreneurship. Well, it you said there is risk, and so it takes confidence, and it mm-hmm. takes, you know, I think we have to look at at failure as a as a as something we experience so that we can learn to be successful. You know, mm-hmm. we have a tendency, I think, at times, especially if if your personality is risk averse. That, you know, we think of failure as something that stops us and it's something to be avoided. If you think of failure as something that teaches us, then then you're not, you know, afraid of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, when you're if you're married and you got children and you got, you know, a mortgage, then you can understand why you want to, you know, avoid risk because there are things that can be costly, to, you know, mm-hmm. in that in that way. And when I think about that, I, I have to. For me, I start with, I think about my great-grandfather. You know, my great-grandfather came to the United States in the, around 1900. Mm. And he came along with some of his brothers, uh, immigrated here, and, you know. From? From the Middle East, from okay. Lebanon. What, what at that time uh, was Syria, wow. before Lebanon was even a country. They came here for, um, you know, to escape religious persecution. They were... Christians and they wanted to be able to worship freely and they weren't able to do that in in the Ottoman Empire and uh, they came to the Omaha area and um, he was an olive you know he raised olives that's what he did he owned an olive you know grove and that's I think that's mostly what he did I never met him I died the same year he was uh, that I was born he passed away before I before I was born and um, he came here and he was an entrepreneur he was a peddler he lived in Omaha and um, he became a peddler. He sold goods on a peddler's wagon in rural small towns in uh, eastern Nebraska and western Iowa, went to farms, went, and, and I've talked to many people who knew him from coming to their towns and their farms. And he eventually uh, did, did well enough that he was able to move his family out of Omaha into a small town, and he bought a general store. And that mm-hmm. was the grocery store that I grew up in as a kid and his son my grandfather ran it and then my dad and my uncle and so you know as I went away to college and I was the first person in my family to go to college uh, I went away to college and and I wasn't thinking about owning my own business I mean there was a thought tucked away back there but when I think back at my great-grandfather and all the risk that he took and all the things that he had to do and the language that he had to learn and all of the barriers that's amazing for me for what I went through was nothing compared to that and and I had always thought about owning my own grocery store and I never did that and 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 I eventually did own my own business but that was more toward the end of my career when I became you know involved in consulting and so in a roundabout way I ended up in that in that place that's an incredible example of entrepreneurship I mean the reason they left maybe you know, wasn't for that, but they had to do something, you know, when he got over here, you can't just plop down and say, I'm good now, right? You got to work, you got to find a way to make a living and to, to do that, to make the way from not maybe having a plan, not knowing exactly what it is in a new area. That's incredible. You mentioned being the first in your family to go to college. And, and that really sticks out to me because I think I don't you know stereotype or anything, but I think sometimes when you're the first in your, your family to go to college. It's a, well, why? We have the family business. So I feel like going to college was kind of your first entrepreneurship, right? You're doing something new. You're venturing out. Was your family on board with you going to college? Was that always the plan? What was that like? Oh, yeah, they were. You know, I had I had a couple of uncles that had gone to college, but I was mm-hmm. the first one in my, my, neither one of my parents did, and okay. I was the oldest of three kids. And my dad took over the 
the grocery store from his dad. Mm-hmm. And so he was running that. And my dad was only 20 years older than, than me. So when I get out of high school and I'm, I graduated when I was 17 and I just turned 18, you know, later in the summer, my dad was 38 years old. And okay. in a town of 300 people, a grocery store is not going to do enough business to support a lot of families. So it wasn't an automatic for me just to go into business with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed to go out on my own. And he wasn't ready to retire, obviously, at age 38. A little over halfway there. Yeah. But my, my dad and mom, neither one went to college. They went, you know, they got out of high school. They were in love and they got married. And he had a job because of the, the, the supermarket, mm-hmm. right? And so my parents had always said, you know, we want to give you the opportunity to go to school. They could have, but they didn't. And so it was just kind of an automatic that, that I was going to go to school. And so was my brother, my younger brother and sister, and we did. And so for me, that was a, a new experience mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a little bit scary, but, you know, I did. And, you know, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know I liked business. And so I, I went to business school. And uh, when I graduated, I ended up back in the supermarket business. Coincidence? Maybe not, who used to say. But was there ever, and did you ever feel any, like, pressure being the first not to screw it up if your mom and dad are saying we want this for you go step out and do this or was it just this is what's next in life no i really didn't feel the pressure um you know they were very supportive and loving and i i didn't feel like i had to perform at a certain level um i actually got better grades in college than i did in high school because i think i messed around too much in high school (laughs) but um but no, I I loved I loved college. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was a new experience for me. I did fairly well in college, and and then you know I got out of college and got married and started a job and and a family at the same time. That's awesome. We're here on the Junior Chief and Hour talking with Larry Elias of Larry Elias Consulting. We'll take one final break. Wrap up the show after this. Now, back to the Junior Achievement Hour. On 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Back one final time here on the Junior Achievement Hour. I'm Austin Norman. With me, Larry Elias of Larry Elias Consulting. Larry, we've spent a lot of the, the first 45 minutes or so of the show looking back, but it's also important to look forward, right? Because Junior Achievement is about investing in the kids and in the future. And you mentioned that Junior Achievement is going toward a different style of learning in some ways. Could you elaborate on that? Sure. Uh, we've placed more ex- um, emphasis on experiential learning, and it's just what we see in the, you know, in the in the learning community today. It's mm-hmm. not so much about just teaching, you know, numbers and dates and concepts, but also letting people experience things because that's how you learn. And uh, so, more of the classes are, you know, involving exercises where the students get to participate, and that's really at all levels. We're incorporating the use of technology more. And in fact, during COVID, you know, we were teaching some classes even, you know, uh, with, you know, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, but with experiential learning, we're, we're looking at not only things in the classroom, but uh, we're also, uh, for Junior Achievement of Lincoln, we're looking at uh, operating what's called BizTown, which is okay. actual physical facility where the students would be bussed in, and they'd come and spend a day there. And it's like a town that has a bank, and it has, you know, a grocery store, and it has different types of businesses and organizations where they would go and conduct transactions and, mm-hmm. and do things. And, then, and some of them would be consumers, and some of them would be employees. And, and so... Uh, we, you know, we hear great things from other 
junior achievement um, districts that are regions that have biz towns and so we're looking at doing that here uh, one of the things that we've been very successful at in Lincoln over the past several years is what we call stock market challenge we started that I want to say six or seven years ago and we um, conducted that out at the um, University uh, University of Nebraska um, the new part can't, well, innovation campus mm, and okay. uh, we outgrew the space and Ooh. so this past spring we held it for the first time at Pinnacle Bank Arena and what a great venue for that and we bring in kids from all over Nebraska and uh, had uh, over a hundred teams participating where these kids are actually at you know what's a stock market type environment they have mm -hmm. money that they can use to invest they have to make decisions on how to do that and whoever makes the best investments at the end of the the, you know the session you know is, is the champions and i understand you had him in here and interviewed him not too long ago we did month month and a half ago bright kids yeah i mean they're going on to unl i think they both graduated from southwest and they're already getting involved with uh, fbla and all that stuff at, at unl in massive ways and, and that's incredible to see the impact that junior achievement can have in a real world sense for these high school students yeah they love doing it they love the experience it gives them confidence and they're learning things and mm -hmm. and so we're we're moving in the direction of more of that type of programming for junior achievement uh, you know junior achievement is made up of uh, their regions all over the country and um, junior achievement of lincoln is the largest one in the state of nebraska and we operate in and around the Lincoln area. And we also have uh, kind of a sub-district in um, Hastings and, and also in Grand Island. That's part mm -hmm. of J.A. Lincoln. And, you know, we reached uh, about 20,000 students um, in, in the 2021-2022 school year. And we taught 900 classes. And we had about 900 volunteers as well. And we're in over 80 schools. And in Lincoln, um, in, the, in the city of Lincoln, uh, we're in almost every school, public and parochial school. And if, you're, if you have a student or if you are a student or have a student in Lincoln, they're probably, you know, in or have been in JA. So when I, mm -hmm. I see kids when I'm at the grocery store or when I'm at church or different places, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, you taught my class or, you know, you'll recognize them from a, from a past class. And when I think about, uh, for me, and we've got volunteers who've been teaching for decades, but for me, you know, some of those high school kids that I taught in that first class at Lincoln Northeast are now, you know, probably pushing 30 years old and then they're, you know, married and got kids and, and mm -hmm. kids in school taking JA. That's got to be incredible. But to use a couple business words, huge supply of students to reach, always got to be demand for volunteers, right? Yeah, we volunteers, it's a huge demand for volunteers. And uh, we, we need more volunteers. And, and, you know, everybody's qualified. You know, there's nothing special. <laughs> it, all you have to do is want to be part of helping kids learn mm -hmm. how to be successful and, and be able to share your own story, your own experience with them, Junior Achievement supplies the curriculum and the materials, and we supply the training. We, you know, our, the folks in our Junior Achievement office will will train and answer questions. And so uh, it's just a matter of, of, you know, volunteering a little bit of your time to help with that. And so, yeah, we're looking for volunteers. We have some great volunteers. We have some people that teach a dozen classes a year, but we don't ask volunteers to do that. You can teach one class a, a year or maybe one a semester. 
and it's just a matter of a few hours prep time and then going to the class. The teachers love it. The students love it. They love to see you come. And, um, you know, success is judged, uh, you know, not by, you know, any certain thing. It's just going and sharing your knowledge and going through the curriculum. And so, um, you know, I would encourage anybody that's listening that has, if, if you want to be a part of the solution, we have plenty of problems in the world today. <laughs> we have plenty of challenges in the world today. What better than to impact young people who are going to be part of the future? And uh, so we would encourage that. And if um, people that own a business, if you own a business or you work for a business and you have some authority there or some, um, you know, ability to influence I would encourage you to get your business involved and encourage your employees to um, to volunteer. We have some great businesses in Lincoln where employers that give their employees time off. Some of them even pay, you know, their employer the employees to come and 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 the time that they're away from work, they pay them for that to volunteer. We have some great supporters in the in the community, and we need more. We need more businesses, business owners, and businesses in Lincoln and surrounding areas that say, hey, how can I help? I want to help. I want to encourage my employees. And, of course, we're always interested in financial support. So we've got people out there that are willing to financially support us. We're a nonprofit, and it takes a lot of money to do this. And I think that JA is very responsible. We use those funds wisely. We have, uh, we've won national awards many years. We have one of the, what's highest, what we call market share. And market share for junior achievement just means what percentage of the kids or the classes in your area do you reach? And we have one of the highest in the country uh, because of the success of the hardworking staff that we have. And just the, you know, the legacy of, of, uh, you know, the people that started JA here in Lincoln back in 1971. We've been at it for over 50 years and uh, we've just had a great, a lot of great people that have gone before us, and we just want to continue to build on that. That's incredible, and it sounds like a lot of the excuses are cut out. I mean, don't think you can get off work while you're advertising for your business, right? Boss would be dumb to not let you go. You're scared? Get a friend to do it, right? Bring someone alongside you and with it. It sounds like JA makes it super easy to get in the door, and I think it's also fair to say there's not a contract, right? You can try it for a class, see if it's your thing, and from what I've heard from everyone that's been in here on this show, it's hard to get out because you have a blast doing it. You do. And, you know, when I, 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 as I shared a little bit earlier, you know, when I volunteered, I told them, just put me where you need me. So they put me in high school. Mm-hmm. And when, what I learned fairly quickly as being involved with JA and being on the board and talking to some of the other members, most of the people were doing grade school. And it's like people were afraid to do high school. And I've done it every year, and I just love it. And I love it because I can share my experiences with those students. And because they're either in or close to the workplace uh, setting, uh, it means something to them. And every class I've taught has been rewarding. That's awesome. Larry, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming in, sharing your story, all the work you're doing in the community. It's been a blast. You're welcome. Enjoyed being here, Austin. Thank you. This has been the Junior Achievement Hour here on 93.7, the ticket of part of Ticket Weeknights. That'll do it for us. We'll turn it over to Harrison Arns here in just a little while. Stick with us here on 93.7, the ticket. More to come.